0: So, we thought to ourselves, in a time when peace just seems to be so unbelievably elusive, what if on the weekend before Christmas we just kind of dialed everything way down before we kick it all way back up again on Christmas Eve and just took a breath and practiced what we pe- preached when we talk about peace? You know, something inside of every single one of us, it just wants peace, right? We, we just want peace at our job, right? We just want things to go well, to go smooth. We want peace in our family. We want everybody to get along, no contest, no conflict. We want peace at Costco. All we want is just no one to ram, to ram our carts. Just leave my cart alone. That's all we want. we want. We want peace in our country. We want the tension to just kind of slip down and, and, and just disappear for a little while. We want peace in our world. Now, I know for a fact, especially at the sleep-in service, there would be people who would argue with me and say, no, no, no Grant, I don't really want peace. I kind of like the, the energy. I like the chaos. I like the frenetic nature of Christmas. It makes me feel a little bit better. And I would look at you and say, actually, no. Your body and your brain actually tells me you're lying because about every 24 hours or so, there's just something that happens naturally inside of you that makes you just want to take a big, deep breath and and go to sleep. And if you need to take a nap in the next hour, don't fight it. Just put your head, chin on your chest and drift off. It's good. There's something about our hearts that just yearns for peace. You know, during the Christmas season, I find that people are searching for just peace in the moment. That's actually a miracle. If we could just find peace in the moment, regardless of the swirl of the life around us, you know, we just want the chaos and the conflict to stay away from our perfect little Christmas moments. We really want it. We want a silent night, a holy night when all is calm and everything's just a little bit brighter than it is the rest of the year. You know, the Bible says in order to have that, we actually have to pursue it. There's a peace where we can step in and partner with God when it comes to pursuing peace. 1 Peter 3.11 says they must, meaning us, they, must turn from evil and do good. It's hard to do this time of year, isn't it? They must seek peace and pursue it. So when, when the pot of chaos of our family is stirred, we're called to actually stop stirring as followers of God. We're to return Good for the chaos. We're not to return evil for evil. and We're to pursue peace with everything inside of us. Maybe you can think about it this way. Over the next three days, as we celebrate this Christmas Eve, 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 but over the next three days, as we head towards Christmas, with every door that you open, how would your Christmas season be different if you invited the Prince of Peace to walk with you through that door? What if you said, Jesus, come with me. Take over these moments. Allow me to have just this moment of peace. All through this Christmas season, we've been talking about a prophet who started talking 700 years before Jesus even showed up, and Isaiah said it, right? For unto us is a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. Aren't you glad that's where the government actually resides? On the shoulders of a mighty God, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I love those names, especially this time of year. Because this time of year, I don't need a human shrink. I need a, I need a counselor. And I don't just need a regular counselor. I need a wonderful counselor, right? In my need this time of year, I don't need just a little G-God to show up and walk around in circles and call me in different directions. No, I need Almighty God Himself to step in and prioritize my life, and my heart. I don't know about you, but this time of year, in my short-sighted view, I need a dad. An everlasting father who can come in and help shape and move and change and build through relationship. I don't know about you, but in my chaos, I need a Prince of Peace. This time of year, we celebrate the fact that people have personal encounters with the Prince of Peace himself. In a moment, I'm going to introduce you to a friend of mine who's been completely transformed over the last 10 years. I've had a front row seat on this transformation because Russ used to live right down the road from Laurel and I, and I would see him sitting out on his front doorstep with his guitar, and I watched literally as the songs that he would sing were transformed over a period of time as the Prince of Peace stepped into the middle of his life and totally changed him. You see Russ up here playing guitar, hanging out, He's just a regular, ordinary guy with an exceptional, extraordinary story. Why? Because he met the Prince of Peace. Let's watch his story together.
1: My name is Russ Rosma. I grew up uh, in Linden. went to uh, Went to church there. Uh, went to a Christian school there. Uh, I kind of saw God as uh, being distant, uh, like far off, like I. I didn't really understand how he, could be, how he could be close to us, and I was kind of learned that you had to look the part, you had to look good. Uh, growing up, I liked to, uh, to play a lot of sports. I learned uh, how to play violin at a young age. Uh, I really loved uh, music and uh, it really grew on me uh, quickly, and I was kind of teased a lot and, and picked on quite a bit in grade school uh, when I was walking down the halls with my violin case. <laughs> So um, I really loved music, um, and I did enjoy playing violin, but a friend of mine uh, knew how to play guitar. He gave me some lessons, and I really, really enjoyed that and all that you could do with, with the guitar and uh, I really enjoyed uh, rock and roll music. so in high school, I really got in, more involved in playing music, um, playing with some of the guys that, that I went to high school with and stuff and at 16, um, using drugs for the, using pop for the first time and uh, at 17, I was into LSD and, and speed, and um, it just kind of snowballed from there. I had a hard time with, with uh, keeping a job for a year or, or two at the most. So playing in the bar band, um, just that whole lifestyle, um, just really never satisfied. I, I was really felt empty. I was uh, out one night and, and had too much to drink and ended up driving home and I uh, got stopped and ended up getting a DUI. and. Uh, Pretty much ended up going to, to jail for a month and um, had to go to an outpatient program. That was kind of a kind of an eye opener for me, kind of a wake up call a little bit. But my addiction kind of was pretty. It was really deep in me and just wasn't quite ready to give it up. With the, the uh, empty relationships and with, with the drugs and and alcohol and it just seemed like I was kind of at the end of my rope and uh, I was kind of searching for something something more. I worked with a guy. Um, who was the coach of a, one of the Christ the King softball teams, and I grew up loving sports. So I played outfield for his team and was able to, uh, to meet Derek Archer, and who's a, a really good, a good friend of mine, and he invited me to, to play on one of the worship teams here at Christ the King. He was starting a team, he was gonna lead it, and uh, he invited me out to, to try out and to check it out. And before that softball season that uh, I came to kind of check out Christ the King, to see it kind of for myself. And the choir was singing, and uh, I was just really touched by that. I just really felt a, a peace in that moment. And, and there was an altar call, and I ended up going up for the altar call and uh, talking with one of the pastors there. And uh, was wanted to take the next step. So I've been clean for 10 years. Um, I met my wife eight years ago, and yeah, we've been married for six years. Uh, we have a two and a half year old and uh, another one on the way and just been amazing life with her and and with my son and just that's the epitome of of being born again is having a a second chance and i've actually had uh, my present job for seven years and it's been a major accomplishment in my life and how christ has provided for me and, and my family so how i grew up knowing about who god was and how it's different to today is christ is somebody who's there present Meets us where we're at. He's full of love and grace. That's what I uh, give glory to God for, is for my family and, and for giving me another, another chance. Ein Britter
0: kommt! Ein Britter kommt! Jim! Kim? Jim,
1: don't, don't do it! Halt! Hey. Er ist nicht bewaffnet! Nein, Otto! My name is Jim. My name is Otto. Pleased to meet you, Otto. Freut mich. Rose, she's called. It's schön, it's schön. It's a
0: true story. just a moment, in the middle of a war, for just a couple of moments, peace ruled the day and enemies became friends. Just a television commercial gets me every single time. (laughs) Anybody notice the song playing in the background? Leaning on the everlasting arm. The arms of a prince of peace who would come and want so much more than just a moment of peace for every single one of us. The heartbreaking thing about the story is after the moment was gone, the peace went away. The peace was fleeting. So I could say this with absolute conviction, more than just wanting peace for a moment, I believe every person in this room, what we really desire is peace for a lifetime. More than just a moment of peace, we want all of those moments to be strung together. So a moment becomes a minute, a minute becomes an hour, an hour becomes a day, a day becomes a week, a week becomes a month, a month becomes a year, and you string them all together and it becomes one great big lifetime of real peace. And the Bible says that we have a lifetime of peace that's available to us if as natural born enemies of God, which every single one of us is, if we would just simply trust our heart to the Prince of Peace. Natural born enemies like Russ and Grant and Billy and JJ, and Tammy, Kinsey, and Jeff. Natural born enemies that have a promise. Isaiah 26 verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. I learned that verse in old school King James, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, peace that that keeps our minds fixed on the fact that we actually believe, especially this time of year, that the Prince of Peace is going to live up to his name. And that's what keeps us from getting caught up in the up and the down and the chaos of this world. No, it's our trust in God that grounds us and drives us deeper and deeper into his peace. It drives us deeper and deeper into leaning on the everlasting arms. You know, the astronomers, not the astrologers, just so we're clear, okay, the astronomers from the east are an amazing picture of people who followed and pursued Jesus out of the darkness of their own world, out of the darkness of their own belief system. They followed the star and discovered the light of the world. And they came with their peace offerings. The Bible says this after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where's the one who's born king of the Jews? For we've seen his star when it rose and have come to worship him. We've come to worship him. Oh, come, let us adore him. We've pursued him and we've got gifts. And the Bible goes on to share that as the Magi showed up several years after the the incident at the manger, that this is what happened. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I've always been fascinated by the choice of gifts. Gold makes sense to me, right? thousand bucks an ounce, I hope you all get something gold for Christmas. I mean, that seems to fit, right? Gold I understand. But the equivalent of an ancient glade candle and an embalming spice. What? Think about it. Gold fit for a king. A gift befitting royalty. A gift for one who left heaven and his heavenly position to become the servant of all. The one who chose a manger is the very first king-sized bed. Frankincense, a gift fit for an offering, an offering who would present himself pure and perfect, and would be consumed with God's holy anger that burns against the sin and anything that steals God's peace from our lives. And myrrh, a gift fit for a funeral, a burial spice that it would wrap itself around one who would die in order to fulfill his mission to bring peace between God and his natural-born enemies, us. You know, we see later on in Scripture that in return for those gifts, Jesus brings gifts too The gifts that secured our peace, the gifts of Jesus, were a broken heart, a broken body, spilled blood, On the night that Jesus was betrayed, the Bible says that Jesus said, this is my body, which is broken for you. That would mean it's a gift. And every time you take it, symbolically, you remember me. Jesus said after supper, in the same manner, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Well, if there's a new covenant, it means the old one's been revoked, right? The old one said, natural born enemies of God get what they deserve. The new covenant of God it says, natural born enemies have an opportunity to receive peace. Exactly what we don't deserve. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And whenever you drink it, you just remember me. So it's time for communion. Time for God's kids. As undeserving as we are to come and commune with our Heavenly Father, we're supposed to take stock first and ask God to wash our hands and our minds and our hearts clean so that we can come and not just have peace in a moment or peace for a lifetime, but that we can actually participate in peace for eternity. Make no mistake, my brothers and my sisters, if you come to the table today, you're not coming on your own strength. You're being carried to the table. In the everlasting arms of the Prince of Peace, he welcomes you here regardless of how you come. But think, every breath in your lung, every thought in your mind, every movement of your body is a gift from him. And he wants you to use it today to come to his table to remember the gifts that he offers to you. A broken body and spilled blood that says, all are welcome. I believe when the world considers me a fool. I believe, Heavenly Father, that you overshadowed Mary and created a miracle in her. When she gave birth, she gave birth to the Son of God who came to bring peace in the moment, peace for a lifetime, but even more so peace for eternity. Father, I believe that Jesus was exactly who he said he was, that he lived a perfect life, that he died a horrific death on a cross, but that he didn't stay dead, that he rose eternal, and that he is coming again. Father, I believe that Christmas is about you, and that you are a wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting Father. Father, I believe you came to reconcile natural born enemies of you, to give us hope, the story of a second chance. So, Father, on this Christmas Eve, 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 we thank you for the hope that you bring, the joy for every longing heart, and the silent night. believe and we give you all praise and I pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and all God's people said amen amen so can you be, just be seated for just a moment so we had a moment of peace We've shared what we all want. Why we want peace in the moment, we want peace for a lifetime. I think there's a bigger question: What does Jesus want? You know, I believe that what God desires is peace for the rest of eternity, and He wants it for everyone. That's why the angel said what He said on that Christmas night: "Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests." You know, peace is beautiful but it's more beautiful when you give it away. I believe something to be true. You can't give what you don't have. True? You can't give what you don't have, but the peace that resides in our hearts because of the fact that we know Jesus is what allows us to have something that I believe everybody else wants this time of year. If the peace of God is touched, you share it. Isaiah, again, chapter 52, verse 7, how beautiful on the mountains are those whose feet, who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say to Zion and Watcom County, your God reigns. How beautiful is that? It's just a few days before Christmas Eve, but there's still time to re-gift peace. For that which I have received, I pass on to you as a first importance, that the world needs peace. So I'm sitting in woods this weekend working on this service, and a man walks up with three invitations hanging off of his finger. He says, I understand you're responsible for this. (laughs) I said, nope. That's all on Christ the King. Three of you invited your boss. He's coming. He's coming because somebody had the courage to say what I have. I want to give away. He's actually coming. Believe it or not, he actually seemed happy about it. What a a wonder. What a Christmas miracle that someone would actually want to go somewhere beautiful. So let me tell you exactly what we're going to do on Christmas Eve so there's no mystery. We're going to sing some great Christmas songs. We're going to show you a video that's going to make you laugh. And then I'm going to talk and do my best to make you cry. And then I'm going to invite everyone in the room to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior. And then... We're going to celebrate by lighting candles. And then to every person who accepts Jesus, we're going to give them a gift from our church. I'm praying for 250. Would you join me? We still have some invitations left. Maybe your boss needs four. (laughs) Maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's just someone who feels lost this time of year. I was talking with Sam Middlebrook this past week, some of you remember the big Texan with the guitar, he's now the senior pastor at CTK Yakima, and he's been kind of following what we're doing. He said, Grant, you know, another way to think about re-gift is re-present, and we do represent the Prince of Peace. So share and invite and include and proclaim peace and bring good tidings and proclaim salvation. Why? Because your God, your wonderful counselor, your mighty God, your everlasting Father, your prince of peace, He reigns. And he wants all of them to know him. So we're going to wrap up the service right now. I'm not going to sing another song. In fact, we're going to finish peaceful. I'm going to invite the ushers, if they would, please. We're going to give back to God our tithes and our offerings. And if you're visiting with us today, and they can just start, guys, that'd be great. Thank you so much. But if you're visiting with us today, can I just say something to you? As that offering bucket comes down your row, we don't want anything from you. Your gift to our church is the fact that you came this weekend. I hope you'll come back and see us again, especially on Christmas Eve. But the ushers are going to start in the back, work their way towards the front, and we're not going to stand. In fact, as they're giving uh, that opportunity, I just want to remind you of just a few things. First of all, we're coming to the end of the year. Some of you uh, make the decision each year to, to save your giving till the end of the year, and we just want you to know there's instructions in your program about end of the year giving and office hours and all that other stuff. But I also want to remind you, Christmas Eve, which is just a couple of days away on Wednesday, We will be having four services here, 234, 530, and 7. CTK Ferndale is also having services. CTK North Bay is also having services. CTK North County and CTK Kendall are also having services. CTK Southside, CTK Sudden Valley. Um, There's just a lot of services that are happening. And each one of them has exactly the same focus. Jesus, the Prince of Peace. So I want to invite you to come. We have child care at our first three services. We do not have child care at the last service because we want to invite everybody that's working in our childcare area to come over here and actually be able to enjoy some time together here as well. And so we invite you to come. We invite you to rest easy. We invite you to experience the very peace that we're experiencing right now. And we hope and pray that you'll enter into the fullness of the season together as a family. So as we're wrapping up the offering, I'm going to pray, and then when I'm done praying, I'm going to say good afternoon and Merry Christmas, and I'm going to dismiss you to do what families are supposed to do, which is spend a little time before you just rush off on your day, share a little peace with the people around you, be as politically incorrect as you can possibly be, (laughs) and from a heart of peace, wish someone a Merry Christmas. Would you pray with me? Father God, thank you for a beautiful, quiet moment when we can celebrate who you are and what you're doing. Lord Jesus, your word says that you desire to draw all men to yourself. So we're asking that you would draw them. Men, women, children, friends, employees, coworkers. Lord, would you welcome them? Would you give us an opportunity to share about Jesus this Christmas season? And we'll leave all of the saving and all of the transformation to you. Lord, thank you for giving us a front row seat in this wonderful, beautiful time of year. We love you and we thank you for a moment of peace in a busy season. We pray these things in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen and amen.